Welcome to Establish the Edge. I'm your host, Mike Leone, here with Adam Rush to take a look at game stacks for week eight in, uh, in the NFL DFS for both DraftKings and FanDuel. Before we get into that, make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy. This podcast is brought to you by them. If you use promo code ETR over Underdog Fantasy, you can get an initial deposit match up to $100. So make sure you check out Underdog Fantasy, use promo code ETR, $100 to play in their Battle Royale contest, really fun weekly DFS game. Uh, but we're looking at salary cap DFS for this weekend. Um, before we look at week eight, actually, Adam, let's take a look back at week seven. If you're watching on the Established Run YouTube channel, we've got the week seven game stack plot, which Adam always provides. It's based on the top eight projected best value players from each game. And last week was interesting where the highest owned game was the highest scoring, but we also had a bunch of other games in in line with it. Cincinnati, Atlanta, um, and the Borough stacks really won stuff a bunch, but there were also some big hits with Casey San Francisco, that MVS George Kittle mini correlation worked out really well. Um, so it was it was an interesting slate. And there was on a different slate, had the chalk failed, this Giants. Uh, Jacksonville game would have really been big with like the Danny Dimes skinny stack with Wandale Robinson bringing back with Travis Etienne. So it was an interesting week last week. Very interesting. Uh, good to be with you, Mike, once again. Uh, yeah, the Joe Burrow double stacks coming through once more. Love to see it. Uh, we were kind of hoping for some uh, uh, bring back magic with Atlanta, but they, their throw rate continues to tilt us all. It's, uh, it's, it's an epidemic. Um, it will, it will never improve at this point. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of an interesting thing where like that stunk that Atlanta didn't do their part in the Cincinnati game with Cincinnati going off. And then in the Tampa Bay Carolina game, the gross plays that you're like, not sure if you should bring it back with it all actually kind of hit like Foreman Hubbard and, and DJ Moore all hit for Carolina and Tampa Bay didn't do their part. So um, those two games were frustrating for opposite reasons. Yeah, and then one more frustrating game that that you can see on the top left there. That Detroit-Dallas game kind of fell flat. Um, we'll get into both of those teams, though, this week because they're in some slightly intriguing spots uh, here in Week 8. Yeah, and that's a good game just to point out. Make sure you're following ownership up through lock. You know, I was really on that game Saturday morning, got off it as more steam came on it. Um, and the way the game played out, you know, it's, I think you, you, we talked about this Adam, a little bit, like you just kind of assumed the opposite of the market and just, it fell flat. There was some very bad luck. If you played on Monterey St. Brown, where he left early with a concussion, but um, make sure you're following ownership up through, through lock. But yeah, let's take a look at this week's stuff. And we've got three games with a total between 49 and 51. And then everything else is under 45. So it's an odd slate. It's a gross slate. And how that translates to the quarterback position is on our initial run of projections on DraftKings, we have Jalen Hurts with a ceiling of 35, but he's $8,300 and expensive. Kyler Murray with a ceiling of 29 and a half, but he's in like the mid sevens. So those guys are kind of appropriately priced for those high ceilings. And then everybody else is 26.3 and below. But you do get guys that are like low 6Ks. Um, we also get Sam Ellinger, who might be really popular in cash games because he's 4K there. So it's a really interesting quarterback slate where it, it seems like everything is sort of at our disposal this week. 
I think we could be looking at some uh, intriguing mid mid range price guys. Uh, Hertz did intrigue me a little bit, and that that game's slightly interesting, but that price is going to inhibit us a little bit. But I like some of these mid range QBs as well as we get through this list. Yeah, and let's start with uh, the Detroit Miami game, which has our highest game score on both sites. Not surprising, it's a dome game with the highest total. Detroit gives up so many points defensively. They got Amon Rob back. DeAndre Swift's practicing full. So hopefully they can push Miami, who we know has a really fun offense for fantasy if they're going to have a pass rate, a positive pass rate of expectation. Sometimes that's volatile. But if they do, they're getting the ball to Tyreek Hill. They're getting the ball to Jalen Waddle. We know where it's going um, to two really important guys. I like to me, this game seems so obvious. I feel like it's going to end up so chalky by the weekend, but it's the type of game and the type of slate where if for some reason it was just middle of the pack, like 15% to a, you know, 15% Waddle and Tyreek, I'd, I'd be fine playing it at medium ownership, especially if the Detroit bring back stay down. Um, and because Amon Ra and Swift have missed time, there's at least a chance the Detroit bring back stay, you know, somewhat low. Yeah. One note that I had on here was how high will Jalen Waddle's ownership really get? Um, mm-hmm. Right now, I think we have him at 12, but I could easily see that getting steamed up just because I, I think this game will be really popular. And we have Tyreek Hill at around 24%, 14% right now. So, I mean, it's still early. Yeah, what you're really hoping for is that the Detroit guys stay in check. You know, if I'm on Rock and can stay, you know, maybe under 15% on a full practice week, that looks appealing. You know, if you want to get a little weird, you could go TJ Hawkinson at tight end, because this is a weird tight end slate as well. I don't think TJ Hawkinson is going to be owned at all. Um, you know, there's ways you can you can differentiate here, but yeah, you want to be careful. You don't want this to to get too out of hand, even though it's definitely the most most appealing game environment just on the surface yeah and then waddle on FanDuel, i think will stay low because he gets actually priced somewhat close to tyree kill but you're right on DraftKings and with the full ppr score in there could definitely see him get steamed up um so that's when i'll be tracking again like it at medium ownership get contrarian around it that's fine but if it gets really high it's going to be tough it'll also be interesting to see like I noted the Ellinger thing, but how many people play that naked in tournaments? You know, um, it, it'll be interesting to see. There have been times in the past where I basically said, give me the cheap mobile quarterback. I'll take my value and I'll stack. I can still stack expensive pass catchers, um, especially teams that maybe don't have a quarterback with a huge ceiling, but they have pass catchers. And Miami's sort of in between where like Tua does have like a high ceiling. But at least on DraftKings with the full PPR scoring, it's like you could get Ellinger to run and then you could still stack Tyreek and Waddle and that game. That's an option. But if so many people do that, you're probably better off just hoping the correlation hits and Ellinger flops. Uh, we'll go to Minnesota, Arizona. That's the next. Um, that and, and Las Vegas, New Orleans are sort of next in terms of game total. And on our GPP game score, sort of a clear top three. The Minnesota-Arizona game seems fun. I'm assuming it's a pace up game. Let me look at uh, Pat Thorman's stuff yeah. for the week. Yeah, I believe that's you, right. Yeah, And that's in the top right quadrant. Uh, it is, you know, high offensive plays per game. These teams snap the ball quickly. You'll notice 
Thorman has a pace down game in the top right, Washington at the Colts. And that's because we're expecting the Colts to play much differently with Sam Ellinger than they have been playing with Matt Ryan. But as far as Arizona, Minnesota goes, um, I mean, it's definitely a really high ceiling spot. I feel like the Arizona stuff just for one reason or another hasn't worked out in a huge way yet this year, but it's probably coming. Yeah. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins came back last week, looked great in his first game on that on Thursday night. Uh, you know, this game is a little pricey, so you're going to have to kind of find ways to, you know, keep salary for the rest of your lineup. But I, I think this is an eruption spot, a potential eruption spot for Minnesota. I, I, I kind of I'm kind of digging these Kirk Cousins stacks this week. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson is expensive, but, you know, if you can find ways to, you know, maybe you save a little bit of money on, on quarterback by playing Cousins over Kyler and then you can kind of you know build out your stack a little bit more that way. I think that's a good option. Um, and because of the high pricing, I think you're going to see a little bit less ownership, especially on DraftKings. Yeah, I'm really curious to see some of the stuff. I was looking at some of like the red zone target stuff and Justin Jefferson has 12 kind of red zone targets this season. He's only got two touchdowns though on the year and all the guys like ahead of him have at least like five touchdowns. So I think we're gonna see some touchdown regression for him. And we've seen with Minnesota, I think what we see sometimes is we're just like, it's too much salary to play Dalvin and Jefferson together. But then if this slate plays out where it's a little bit gross overall and Minnesota is just really efficient and scores a lot, runs a lot of plays, I do think they could both get there. It's pretty pricey. That's one I want to think through, though, because I really don't think the market will play those guys together whatsoever. Um, I think the Bears game is one that sticks out to me where you almost and and talk about stacking without the quarterback like that's one where you could play Allinger but uh, I'm looking at the Bears game now Jefferson went 12 for 154 so that's a 30 point DraftKings outing and that was the game where Dalvin scored twice almost scored three times and I believe he was just um did he get the he was just shy of the bonus yeah, I think so he, was he just shy he almost had a 30. So they both almost put up 30 point games. Um, it's a, it's a spot this week where that could potentially happen again. Yeah. This, I mean, I haven't played Adam Thielen once this year. <laughs> <laughs> this, this might be, this might be the week to maybe look into that a little bit. Uh, Jefferson and, and Dalvin cook are great ceiling plays, but there's, I mean, it's a lot of decent value. I mean, there's not a whole lot of positive values on the slate um, and in this game, but, you can find some 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 options here. I mean, Adam Thielen, we have projected for single digits at sixty two hundred on DraftKings. I don't have his Fanduel salary pulled up, but yeah, I he's cheap on Fanduel. He's, he's, yeah. he's actually going to get played some there, but you know the double still in play. The Fanduel ownerships are. I play more on DraftKings. It's always tough for me to digest the Fanduel ownerships with the looser pricing over there. But yeah, the Thielen stuff. If he stays at like five percent, he's just like a really good GP. To your point, we don't have a ton of great values, so we can kind of take some of these okay values that are correlated. Like we can lean on the correlation. I think a bit more. I know a few weeks this year, spots have been at such a premium that I'm like, I think I'm just going to skinny stack this because I really don't want to waste this spot. It might it, early look at this week is it might be the opposite where I'm just like, you know, give me the give me the double stack, give me the correlation at least on DraftKings. And did you, I think you alluded to this earlier. You said this could be a spot where you could play Ellinger at quarterback and then build a stack around that without using Cousins or Kyler. 
I, yeah, I think you could. I, I'm not sure if it's a, if it's smart or not. No. <laughs> and a lot of it comes down to like how many people are going to play in naked Allinger in tournaments. Yeah. Like there was a week, not last year, but the year before, I think it was Hertz's first week where I, I basically stacked the chargers Falcons game that week and used Hertz at quarterback. Um, that worked out in a big way because Hertz ran and put up a big performance and, but he wasn't owned. It looks like Ellinger is going to be owned and that's, that makes it a little bit trippier, but I do think, you know, sometimes we get so thought caught up in like forcing the correlation that we don't realize like you don't have to, um, it looks like it'll make sense if Ellinger is going to be owned though, to probably avoid using them, but I, yeah. I want to throw those options out there. I know on FanDuel, um, one thing we don't hit on maybe as much as we should, but I'm less likely to double stack on FanDuel because you lose points for the bonus. Like I, I mentioned that Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook thing for DraftKings. On FanDuel, Justin Jefferson's 12 for 154. Is, like that's that's a 20 point game, which is really good, but it's not the same when you lose a full point per reception down to half and you don't get the bonus for 100 yards now guys are competing for touchdowns. Whereas DraftKings, it's like, well, one guy can get a lot of catches in the bonus. The other guy can score the touchdowns. So you mentioned in New Orleans, Las Vegas, in our in our notes, you can get an average ownership projection on Carr, Adams, Alave stocks, stacks <laughs> at, at around 11 to 12%. I think that's sharp and it's definitely viable to single stack over on FanDuel. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said. I I mainly play draft DraftKings as well. And the correlation... 100 yard bonus I, it just it just fits in so much better when you're trying to double stack uh, which is how i typically like to play so i think yeah you can look at games like saints raiders see those three guys see that average ownership say hey you know that's that's an opportunity there um another note on that on that raiders saints game uh, i think darren waller was limited on wednesday i think we'll have to check on this later in the week but it sounds like he could have a chance to be back so Foster mm. Moreau was projecting as one of the only positive value tight end plays on the slate. That that may ch- that's going to change if Waller uh, is active. He would be another interesting option though if you wanted to try to fit him in. What do you think about this Dallas Chicago game? It does have a low total, but it does. It seems like there may be some options here, and it looks like Zeke Elliott is most likely not going to play. Yeah, Tony Pollard is going to be popular, and maybe that'll give us some room. To- maybe play a stack around Pollard and maybe try to attack the passing game. And we just talked about um, Dak stacks last week against Detroit. That game failed. I, I think people may be off of this game and the bears are coming off their best offensive performance of the week against the Patriots. Um, Justin Fields has the, one of the top value scores amongst QBs this week on Fandle. Um, and I don't think anyone's going to want to play any bears. So I think there's there's opportunities there, and uh, I don't know. What do you think about CD though? You think he'll get highly owned? You think he'll get up there? I don't. I think the Pollard stuff is going to, and the way this game script sets up in people's heads is no one's going to want to stack Dallas. I actually think, um, like I think Lamb will come with modest ownership because he projects well enough, but yeah. I I could see in hand builds. Dak CD stuff coming in not as high as it should be like the stack that just doesn't feel good you know it doesn't feel good game script wise it doesn't feel good if you're jamming in Pollard alongside it and I could really see people 
come off it. Um, and the Justin Fields stuff also makes sense to me too, where if people are playing Ellinger and you can play Fields for 1K more at a fraction of the ownership, and he probably has a better ceiling than Ellinger and a little bit less uncertainty there, that that's, you know, that's interesting to me. Um, that's something you could play alongside Pollard. Uh, Darnell Mooney's pretty cheap too. And their pass rate over expectation is obviously very low, but it's been a little bit closer to, to a real NFL team the past few weeks. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm looking at a few different ways to do that intelligently. Unfortunately, Pollard in that game is early. So if that was late, that'd be a perfect game to set up for Pollard and late swap differently. But we're not going to have the luxury to do that. You're going to have to make your Pollard decision out of the gate. But the Chicago passer of expectation stuff, they were minus 16% last week. <laughs> they only threw the ball 37% of the time. But weeks four through six, they were around negative 10%, which is bad, but not like high school football bad. And that resulted in like a 60% pass rate. That's tolerable enough for Fields and Mooney to get there with Mooney's high target share. Yeah, I think if you know if Chicago can get their run game going early on, and I think Dallas, you can they have, they have a great pass rush, but I think you can run on them a little bit. If they are able to set up their play action game, Chicago, uh, you you don't need that much from you know you, it's not like these guys are super expensive. You mentioned Mooney. I mean, it's not going to take much for him to uh, to get that little fire icon next to him next to his name in your lineup. So, um, yeah, I. I I kind of like to look at these games on a slate like this where, okay, we have three games that have a relatively high total and everything else is just a dumpster fire. So what, what games of the dumpster fire games in, in terms of total are look kind of interesting. I think Dallas Chicago is one you can make a case for. Yeah, I'm with you. I like that better than the next two. We'll talk about Seattle, New York and Philly Pittsburgh, the Seattle, New York game. You'll notice on the game scores, that it rates pretty well, gets the green shading over on FanDuel, um, but on DraftKings, it doesn't. And that's one of the cases, Adam, where it's, it's the ownership is a real big discrepancy here. Um, it's not so much that it's better value on FanDuel. It's just that the ownership isn't going to be there. And a lot of that has to do with the prices of other running backs. So Kenneth Walker for like the third straight week is going to be super chalky on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's not going to be super chalky. There's a lot of opportunity cost. Um, and that immediately makes the stack more fun. If you can get a lower owned Kenneth Walker play for the big plays and, and, you know, hope that speeds up the game. And then you go to the giant side of things and someone like Wandale Robinson on the tight pricing, full PPR DraftKings is going to get played on FanDuel. He's not really going to get played. And even though the scoring setup for him, isn't great on FanDuel being half PPR. Um, it, I do think it's an okay, he's cheap enough and has enough targets that, like if he just finds the end zone like he did two weeks ago, um, you know, seven for 70 and a touchdown still going to get it done. He's sub 6K there. Yeah, and, and Daniel Jones is always an intriguing quarterback target. I mean, we, we were looking at the the scatter uh, from last week right, right when we started, and that Jacksonville Giants game was sitting there in the bottom right. It was a little misleading because a lot of the points that came from that game were on on quarterback rushing touchdowns. I think. Daniel Jones had two last week. So, but you're getting that, you're getting that rushing floor there from Jones. And if he can bring on, you know, a guy like, you know, bring along a guy like Wandale or even maybe a thinner play like a Darius Slayton, you know, you're, 
especially on FanDuel, like we talked about where the ownership's going to be repressed. I mean, you can, there's, there's opportunity there. Um, and again, like the pricing works out very favorably to stack this game. Yeah. The Philly Pittsburgh game, you get the incredible hurt ceiling. Um, what interests me this game, if I were to get interested in this game, it'd be if, if a lot of people play Ellinger, you could make the case that you could just bury those teams. Like if Ellinger scores 12 points and hurts hits his ceiling, you bury those teams. And then I'll be tracking the AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Goddard ownership right now. All of those guys project low. So I said, I like Dallas, Chicago, the most of the gross games think as we're talking through Philly, Pittsburgh, I don't know. I'm starting to, to see where that could be massive leverage on the slate. I've got AJ Brown on the Bioleone underperforming wide receiver model. I'm looking for, he still hasn't had a mass. He's had good games for Philly. He, I think one of these days, Adam, he's going to have just an absolutely massive game. It's going to be tough to predict when it's going to be. So at low ownership, I'm interested in him. The question, of course, is twofold on the Pittsburgh side. One, the, do they need to do well enough to push Philly? Because we know Philly could just take the air out of the ball. They've done it before. And two, you know, are we willing to, you know, we've had, we talked about Atlanta last week in Cincinnati, you know, the, the bringbacks there just totally ruined it. You know, are you willing to play a bringback? You know, we have a bunch of guys that rate not terrible, but no one that rates good either because it's really spread out between Friar Muth, Pickens, Deontay, and Claypool. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily have to play bring back on the Pittsburgh side. If you would just want to go full Philly passing game onslaught, kind of similar to how the Joe Burrow stacks worked out last week, I think that you could have a, a real realistic opportunity to do that in this game. Uh, the good news with Pittsburgh is that we know they will actually throw the football more than 10 times a game, which is nice. So, and, and the salaries, the salaries will help you there. I mean, George, George Pickens is 4,700 on DraftKings, Dante Johnson, 5,600, Claypool's 4,800. So it's, it's really easy. And it's probably really tempting because if you're going to want to play Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, you're going to need some salary relief somewhere. So why not just correlate it and play one of the lower price Pittsburgh guys? It's risky. Uh, the total is 43 and Philly's implied team total is 26 and a half. So you're going to kind of have to pick the right cheap play, but I, I think it makes sense. I mean, it, look, if you're looking for the correlation, you're going to need the salary relief if you play AJ Brown and, and Jalen. So I don't see why you wouldn't. Yeah, the the way the week shapes up too, again, could change, but it seems like spots are a little bit less of a premium. I'm a little bit more likely to force the correlation in there is my initial instinct. So I, I probably like Pickens the most um, because he can hit a big play and get the game going. And I like Friar Muth second most just because the opportunity cost at tight ends a little bit less. Like if I'm taking a fragile correlated piece, I might as well uh, take a tight end because they're all fragile anyways. <laughs> I totally agree with you on the Pickens call. I like, I love playing George Pickens and he's a playmaker and his price is $4,700. It fits really well. Um, here's a question for you. We, we talked about AJ Brown, potential blow up weeks coming. Phantom syndrome to stack without A.J. Brown and go maybe like Devonta Smith and Goddard? Yeah, it's certainly the cheaper route to go. Um, 
Man, I I don't I'm I'm just too greedy, Adam. I really want AJ Brown this week. You know, I I I, I don't want to miss the AJ Brown. You know what? Honestly, like Devonta's probably a smarter play because if they're both low owned, like just taking the cheaper guy with them both flashing pretty high ceilings. Like honestly, Devonta in a vacuum is probably the smarter play. I don't think I'd do Devonta and AJ Brown. It's it's definitely no. one you could just skinny stack with Jalen Hurts and his rushing ability. And it's also the type of week where like I said, I want more correlation overall, but like also the upside I need out of the Philly stuff might not be like, I don't need Hertz to go absolutely nuclear. So I probably skinny stack him with Devonta or AJ Brown is my, my current lean. Yep. But I agree with you. Wouldn't, wouldn't probably do both. That's not going to leave you with a lot left. So on establish a million, we do a flag plant section uh, where we, me and Dink, on Saturday mornings, give our best GPP plays of the week. Last week, Adam, we kind of stumbled onto what you've now coined as dirt plants, which is gross plays of the week. Unfortunately, we we hit on some gross plays, but uh, the things around it didn't hit. I, I hit on DJ Moore, but Tampa Bay didn't, didn't cooperate. Uh, you hit on Paris Campbell in this Tennessee indie game, but you know overall the game didn't quite get there. Week eight, do you have a gross, uh, a dirt plant for us? I do. I do. We, we talked about this game already on this pod. Um, so this wide receiver is one of the league leaders in weighted opportunity rating over the last few weeks. Uh, he is using the slot where I think he can be successful. He is not a super consistent receiver. But he gets a lot of big play opportunity. And it's a bit of an interesting game for him this week. I think if the play action can get going in this game, I think this guy has a good shot to produce. He's only 4,800 on DraftKings, and his name is Darnell Mooney. God. You kind of, you kind of, I'm saying, I'm not saying, oh, God, because it's bad. You, you, like that, that was kind of my dirt plant was the Fields Mooney, which, yeah, I mean, you know, we, and we, for the, for the audience, we did not talk about this ahead of time. So it's good to know that we're, we're thinking along the same lines. Okay. Whew. Man, the dirt plant. Uh, I guess I'll go with the Friar Muth bring back on a Philly stack. Obviously the Philly side is not, a, doesn't qualify as dirt plant, but the forced bring back on the Pittsburgh side has been so gross. I'm going to say you need it this week. And Pat Friar Muth is your best choice. So there you have it. Adam, thanks so much for joining me. As always, make sure you check out Establish a Million. If you are an established run subscriber, Dinkmeyer and myself will go through all the updated ownership, updated GPP game scores that you're looking at right now and uh, have some more takes for you for overall GPP play and strategy for week eight. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Best of luck this week.